0: Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to be. We're going to start in verse 1. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, a preview of what was going on, right? Just before this uh, is the story where Jesus fed the 5,000 right before this. Then he told his disciples to get into a boat, and they all went together to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and that's where they run into a storm. So that, that's what happened, uh, and then they go wake up Jesus and he calms the storm. So that's what happens right immediately before this. I want to say that before I'll, I'll go a little bit f- deeper into it, but I wanted to read this. I don't usually do this many verses, but I it's hard to really break this up. I think there's a lot of good things Not all the verses are long, so uh, I want to go all the way from 1 to 20, so stick with me just for a second, but this is all one story, and I, I think it's good today. So Mark 5, verse 1, and they came over unto the other side of the sea, which is the country of the Gadarenes, and when he was come out of the ship, talking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that had he said unto him come out of the man thou unclean spirit yeah. and he asked him what is thy name and he answered saying my name is legion for we are many and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country now when uh, now there was now there was there nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him saying send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea and they that, fed, uh, the, uh, they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that was doing. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil that had and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid and they went and they that saw it told them how it befell to them that possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him. Uh, to depart out of their coasts. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for its truth. Lord, I pray that you would help me to be able to preach. Help us to be able to listen. Lord, open up your word today. Lord, help us to see it. Let it come to life in our minds and our hearts. And Lord, not just that, but Lord, also help us to apply it. Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us today. Lord, give me the unction to preach. Lord, touch us. uh, Uncover things that need to be done. Challenge us if there's any lost. I pray that they'd come to know you. And Lord, draw us closer to you. And Lord, we love you. And we ask for all these things in Jesus' name. And amen. So, as I said, right before this, Jesus fed the 5,000. They get into the ship, him and his disciples. They go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. That would not have been a long ship ride. It should have been quick. It's just, I don't remember how many miles, but not too many miles across. You can see across it, uh, uh, but his disciples would have been reluctant to do this. They wouldn't have wanted to do it because of two problems. Two problems. The other side that they were going, this Decapolis area, is the Gentile side. This is a Gentile area. Uh, You know, they were pagan over there. They raised pigs, which the Jews wouldn't have. Uh, So this is the same far country that the prodigal son went to. This is the other side. Uh, That's where, where, again, the Gentiles. So a, a true Jew would have avoided this area. Not only that, they're sailing at night, or as it's getting closer to nighttime, so they wouldn't have wanted to do that either if they could help it but this uh, short trip across the sea turns treacherous a storm begins to hit the waves beat the ship it starts taking on water and the disciples start to panic they rush to the hinder part of the ship where Jesus is sleeping and they say master uh carest not that thou that we perish uh, do you care that we're all about to die in this ship Jesus uh, and here's the thing Jesus wasn't going to die in the sea even if that ship went down he wasn't going down why because he was going to the cross that's what was going to uh, kill him and remember the bible says the wages of sin is death and he never sinned so he wasn't going to die so that was free right there Uh, but so they're going across so jesus wakes up he arises he rebukes the wind and says peace be still and as soon as he says that the seas calm isn't that amazing isn't that a blessing? And they were—they feared Jesus. They were amazed. Who is this man that the wind and the sea obey him? Just at his voice. So then after that, they have to paddle the rest of the way across. How do you know that? Well, the wind stopped. So now they got to paddle. They get to the other shore. And as soon as they get there, that's where Mark chapter 5, the passage we read. And one thing you got to stop. And I, I hope you read your Bible and study your Bible every day. But one of the things you should realize is in the Bible, every detail is important. Every little detail that's in there is for a reason. Because you notice there are a lot of parts in the Bible we don't get all the details, right? They, they start questioning who is Cain's wife and everything else. Well, if the Bible doesn't give us that detail, it's not important. But notice here, I started to see something. Uh, we know the gospel of John at the end of it tells us that the gospels don't have everything that Jesus ever did on earth. uh, But it has the most important parts that we see how he lived. We see his character, how he interacted with people, what he preached and taught, and we saw his power that he was God. Uh, So here's the thing you should ask yourself. Now, wait a second. At this point, Jesus has already cast out a demon before. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit. He's already cast it out. That happened earlier in Mark chapter 1. And then that night, uh, he goes to Peter's house, his mother-in-law's sick. And then at that night, all the sick in Capernaum come to the house, Peter's house, and he heals all the sick and casts out everyone that was possessed. So you should ask yourself, If the Bible only has uh, just a select uh, group of things about what Jesus did, and he's already cast out demons multiple times before, why is this in here? That's a good question to ask yourself. Why is this here? We know he can do it. And then I wondered something else as I was looking at this. Uh, he's already done it, so we know he can do it. But if you read those other ones, look at verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, and immediately uh, there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. The other passages would have stopped right there, right? But look at verses 3, 4, and 5. What's happening in these verses? We find out he dwells, this man with the unclean spirit, he dwells in the tombs. No man could bind him. They try putting iron chains and fetters. They try to uh, chain him up with iron chains. And all he does is break it apart. Neither can any man tame him, verse 4. And then look at verse 5. And always, night and day, he's yelling and crying out and causing a ruckus and everything else and cutting himself with stones. Do you realize what's happening right here? We're getting a whole lot of detail we wouldn't normally get. You know what that tells me? Every bit of this is important. You should recognize this. As you're studying, you should see, wait a second, that he's spending a whole lot of time explaining what's going on here. You know what this tells me? Everyone in this area knew this man. I mean, imagine it, okay? Imagine down the road, there's a cemetery and somebody doing all this stuff. They try to arrest him. They try everything. They try to take him to the hospital, you know, the mental hospital. None of it works. He's still there yelling and everything else. Oh, and by the way, we find out later he was naked because when he was, uh, when Jesus touched him and, and cast it out, he's clothed. So now he's naked. So you would have known who this guy was. He was so bad, I believe he was beyond hope. Is that what you're seeing in these verses? There's nothing they could do for him. No man could tame him. They probably tried, uh, you know, the different herbal remedies and everything of that day. Nothing worked. He was beyond hope. But look at verse 6. But in spite of all that, when he saw Jesus afar off, what did he do? He ran And he worshipped him. Do you see that? So uh, the disciples had nearly uh, drowned in their boat in the storm. Jesus calmed the storm. As soon as they get ashore, they see this naked, possessed man running to Jesus. And what's he do? He worshipped him. Do you see that? He worshipped him. Jesus asked the unclean spirit his name. And Jesus already knew his name. He, didn't need, he, he asked the name so we would know the name and we would understand it and the disciples would understand it and he said, it's legion for we are many. The Roman army, the largest grouping of soldiers was a legion and it was about 5,400 soldiers. The largest group you have. And this man is saying, uh, the unclean spirit is saying there is a legion of us inside this one man and that's why he's so bad. That 's why no man can tame him that 's why he 's breaking the chains and the fetters and everything else, and you see uh, how he acts and how he 's described and everything else and I think I know why this story's here because uh God wants to show us that this is the worst of the worst. it doesn 't get any worse than this you can 't find a worse example in the Bible than right here. the greatest outpouring of evil and demonic power inside of one man. And what did it do when it encountered Jesus, right? What did the legion of devils do when it encountered Jesus? It ran to him, right? It worshiped him. And it said he was the son of the most high God. And he was scared. They were scared that Jesus would torment them. In the parallel passages, Matthew 8:29, they asked Jesus, "Art thou come uh, hither to torment us before the time?" And then Luke 8:31, and they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. That legion of devils knew that Jesus was God, right? They were afraid of his power. They knew one day Jesus would judge them. That's what they were saying. They knew one day they would send him uh, to a place of everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And they know, we know from Revelation chapter 9, that there are some of those angels that are fallen that are already locked up right now. They're going to be unleashed in the tribulation, Revelation 9. You're saying, Mike, I don't know if I've heard all this stuff. What's in the Bible? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'll go back in time and help you a little bit. God created every angel. They didn't create themselves. He created all of them, right? Amen. This is easy part. One third fell. That's what the Bible said. The worst of the worst of the one third are locked up right now in the abyss. They're going to get let go during the tribulation. I don't want to be there during the tribulation. They're going to get let go. And what they're afraid of right here is Jesus was going to send them To be locked up at that point. They know they're going to be judged by him later. Isn't that crazy to think about? They know. They said, what do you come? Are you come to torment us? Are you come to send us there to the pit before the time? Are you come to do all this? Uh, Are you going to judge us now? Jesus, son of God. He wasn't doing that. But they were afraid. And that should tell you something. You remember in the plagues. uh, VBS, I think we were just talking about the plagues. Remember the last one? That one angel goes through Egypt and kills every firstborn in one night. One angel did that. Another part, uh, uh, another angel uh, kills all the Assyrian army. I think it was about 160-some thousand soldiers in one night. That's one angel. This is 5,400 angels is afraid of one man, Jesus Christ. Right? They're petrified. Are you going to send us there now? That's the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. See, uh, the devil tries to scare us. He's the one that's afraid when it comes to Jesus. That one angel that could take out all the firstborn couldn't touch them. All right, so what's he say? Uh, Verse 10, and he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. I've kind of talked about this. And there was nine to the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And they uh, were saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Uh, And uh, Jesus allowed it to happen. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And they they ran violently down into the sea. And there were about 2,000 and they drowned. So I started asking myself again, Jesus, why Why this herd of swine? Because again, several verses talking about this, multiple verses. Why are you going into this detail? Why did this happen? And then the Lord was, he he helps me out. I don't know if he helps you out, but when I'm confused, he helps me. I realized something. See, that man said, we've got a legion inside, right? The unclean spirit. There's a legion of us in here. They couldn't see it, right? Right? But now if there're that many and Jesus said you can go into that swine, if there was only one devil, then he could make one pig run into the right? Run into the sea of Galilee and drown. There was enough devils in him to cover all 2000 and have them all run. Do you see that? So what was on the inside that they couldn't see? He's now, the, the Lord's allowing them to go into the pigs. And now we see there was enough uh, de- devils and, and everything else in him to go into the pigs. And they're running down this mountainside uh, uh, the same way the man had ran from. They're, they're going, they're running down. They go into the water. They all choke and die. And you think about that. That's quite a scene, right? That's quite a scene. He said, he, he told that unclean spirit, he told them to get out of the man. And again, we can't see on the inside. We can see the effects. And we know he was bad, but he was bad enough for 2,000 swine to not handle it. You with me? Verse 14, I know this is different, but it's all right. The word gets out, verse 15, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what was done and they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. Remember, I told you, they all knew who he was and had the legion. What was he doing? He was sitting, and I believe Luke says he was sitting at Jesus' feet. He was sitting and clothed, he was naked before, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. What were they afraid of before they were afraid of the man, right? They couldn't bind him. They couldn't tame him. There's nothing they could do. He's yelling out day and night. He's doing all this stuff. Now, what are they afraid of? They see the man normal and the only one next to him is Jesus Christ. They're afraid of Jesus, right? The devils were afraid of Jesus. Now everyone around is afraid of Jesus. You see this? And they that saw it, told them how it befell, what happened uh, that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And look at this. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. This was their reaction. They wanted Jesus out of there. Jesus, you gotta go. At first I thought it was the swine. They were mad about that, but it doesn't say that. They were afraid of Jesus's power. You realize this is a Gentile pagan area. They had all their false gods, but none of their false gods could do anything for that man, right? They'd never seen any power like this before. And they're more afraid of a man in his right mind. Listen to this. They're more afraid of a man in his right mind that's touched by Jesus than they were a man that was crazy. Don't we see that today? They're more afraid of one Christian person than they are a whole bunch of crazy people. Why? Because there's real power in that. There's real power in that. One that will pray and walk by faith and obey Jesus Christ. There's more power in that than everything the devil has today. That's what we need to get a hold of. So now Jesus, they he tell they tell Jesus, we want you gone. He's a gentleman, he's gonna leave. Verse 18, and when he was coming to the ship, he that was possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He wanted to go with him, right? He said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. You changed my life. I want to stay with you. Verse 19, how be it? But Jesus suffered him not and saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. The man wanted to stay with Jesus, become a disciple, and do everything else. But Jesus says, no, I've got a job for you that's different. I want you to stay right here in your own country where everybody knew who you were. And whenever they ask what happened to you, because they're going to ask what happened, you tell them. Right? You tell them what I did for you. You tell them how I showed you compassion. You show how I was able to get rid of all of them just like that. You tell them your story. Verse 20, and he departed and got a job and got a career and moved on to another city. Oh, wait. Is that what it says? No. And he departed and began to publish it. Publish it in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Jesus said, I want you to tell everyone what's happened to you. Do you realize we have the exact same instruction today? You tell people what Jesus did for you, how he had compassion on you, how he touched you, how there was nothing that could be done to take away your sin nothing you could do, nothing anyone else could do to get rid of your sin. But Jesus Christ came along and it changed everything just like that. You heard who he was. He showed compassion on you. He loved you. There was nothing for us, uh, nothing in us lovable, nothing good in us. He died for our sins and he rose from the dead on the third day. And when we heard that story, then we made the decision, yes, I want Jesus. I want him in my life. I need him to forgive me of my sins. I need change from the inside out. And that's the story this world needs to hear. They need to hear your testimony. You're thinking, Mike, I don't have a great testimony. This man would have had a wonderful testimony. And I agree, he would have. But yours is just as wonderful. Why? His would have worked for someone else that's cutting themselves and everything else. But people need your testimony. They need mine. They're all different, right? People come from different backgrounds. You know what I can tell you with my testimony is he saved me at nine years old and he has kept me. Oh, I've made mistakes, but he's kept me from a lot of things I didn't have to experience. And I can tell you this. See, the devil, uh, parents uh, that have kids that maybe are close to graduating or graduating, uh, the devil will try to convince you that they're going to go out into this world. They're going to walk away from God. Uh, They're going to leave and maybe they'll come. Come back. Maybe they won't. I can stand here and tell you I made it through college and everything else. Still serving God. He has kept me. He has been true to me. Yeah. See, my right. testimony works for different people. And so does yours. This world needs to hear it. But you're thinking, now, wait a second. This is just one man in Decapolis. He's the only one Jesus touched before they said go. Right? Just him. And he leaves. He leaves. What could just this one man have done? Verse twenty, we get you know we get kind of a a little preview. He begins to publish it in Decapolis, and Decapolis is the ten city region uh, there around. But flip over a couple pages, Mark chapter seven, look at verse thirty. Let's see, seven thirty one. Jesus says, he has been in Tyre and Sidon. Let's read it. Mark seven thirty-one. and again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, that's up north. He came uh, uh, under the Sea of Galilee and through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. He's coming back, all right? Now, based on what's happened in the middle between all the gospels, it's been probably about five, six months' time, all the traveling and everything else that's been done. Now look at chapter 8, verse 1. He's in Decapolis, the same Decapolis that said, we want you gone, Jesus. And in those days, the multitude being very great. You see that? And one of the things I learned about the Bible, sometimes we like to exaggerate things and we say it's very this or very that. The Bible doesn't do that very often. It's a great multitude a lot. It's very Very few times, it's a very great multitude. What happened? What happened in a few months? You're saying, what good is my testimony, right? What good is this one man's testimony for this huge region around, this 10-city region? What good is it that one man is left telling about Jesus Christ? Well, I'll tell you, it went from they wanted him out of there to now they're flocking around him, right? Right? That's the difference of what one man's testimony. Now, what about you? What about you? His testimony spread like wildfire. What about you? And I thought, what about me? Remember the disciples had just went through a storm. It was, it, it would have, uh, it would have been mentally and physically draining. They were fearing for their lives. Jesus calms the storm. They paddle to the shore. And then this man comes at them uh, that they're encountering, you know, full of devils and everything else. They've gone through a lot of things. But they went through all of that so that one man could be touched, and then that whole region was changed. And it got me wondering, maybe uh, the whole reason that we're going through different trials and everything else is so God uh, can show us something at the other side. I I think sometimes God's wondering, are we going to stick with it? Are we going to keep on going? Are we going to not give up? And a lot of times, are we going to actually turn to him for help? I'll be honest with you last night. I had a pity party on myself last night. Okay? I'll just, I'll just tell you what happened. We've got twins, right? And, and they're in the same room. And I don't know if you've tried this, but if you put one baby down to sleep, and then you put the other one down, the second one, and the second one screams and hollers, that probably will wake up the first one. And it gets super frustrating when you've got to start over. Okay? Okay? Amen. Especially when one's sick. And the only way, I was holding her this way. She wouldn't let me sit. She wouldn't let me lay down. I had to walk with her. And it gets heavy. Right? You're doing one of these numbers. And then what's happening? She's asleep. Lay her down. (laughs) As soon as she touches the bottom, she's screaming. Three times in a row. That's hard. And then I'm thinking about, we just ran through the air conditioner at church. We ran into that this week. We ran into the flooding this week. And I knew as best I could, we were trying to clean it up as quick as we can, get everything done. I knew the smell was still around. It's actually not bad, I don't think, uh, but it's gotten better. We still got a couple tricks up our sleeve. We'll get rid of that. It'll be okay. Um, But then I was thinking about just the Uh, with Brooke trying to get her medicine and everything else, and I just got frustrated last (laughs) night. And there are times, I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, you're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. And I think those are the times that the Lord's, he's saying, all right, good. You realized you're done, now turn to me. That's what I had to do. Couldn't keep the pity party going. I just turned to the Lord and said, Lord, you're gonna have to help And he does every time, but then it got me wondering, is there something right around the corner, right? Is there a breakthrough in somebody's family or something like that? I don't know, but I believe the Lord is powerful enough. Does he show his power right here in this story that no matter how bad it is, I don't think you can find a single person more bad off than this man. Now think of your friends and your family members and anything else. And all it took is one time for Jesus to come to that coast. One time for him, he saw him afar off and he ran to Jesus and he worshiped him. Still naked and crazy. And Jesus showed compassion and healed all that and cast it out. And he's clothed and in his right mind. And his life's totally different. And he's got a testimony. That is Jesus Christ. I think we forget it sometimes. Right? Don't you? We got a lot of resources ourselves. We got a lot of energy. We got a lot of strength. You know, sometimes we got money in the bank and different things. But Jesus isn't interested in any of that. He's interested in will we just turn to him. Right? When will we trust him? When will we believe that he can take care of anything? Right? Anything. Nobody's too far gone. He can change this man just like that. And there is not a devil that's out there that can go against him. Even if they all gang up together, they were afraid. Jesus, are you sending us away to the pit before it's time? They know their time's coming they went to that swine. But here's the question. The Decapolis made a choice that day. They said, Jesus, you got to get out of here. What's your choice today? Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you ever admitted you're a sinner? The Bible says you are for all of sin to come short the glory of God. Everyone's let God down. Everyone's fallen short. None of us have perfectly followed what the Bible says our entire life. So once you get that and realize it, Jesus came to save sinners. That's the wonderful part. He came to die for your sin. He took our place. He was on the cross, Uh, not because he sinned, because he took our sins on him. He died, he bled, uh, and they buried him in a a borrowed tomb. On the third day, he rose again victoriously, and he conquered everything all so we could call on Jesus' name. If you've never done that before, you are lost today. And the sad thing is, the same place prepared for the devil and his angels, you will go to one day. But you don't need to be there, right? It wasn't prepared for us, the devil, and the angels Just the devil and his angels. Why? Because we have a way out. You need to turn to Jesus Christ. Don't push him away. You may be thinking, man, I feel like he's talking to me right now. He probably is. It's not me. It's God talking to you. He knows your heart. He loves you. Don't push him away today. Don't send him off to another place. Why? Because you push him away. He'll go away. He wants you to just come to him today. And then I ask. What do we need from God today? What do we need from Jesus today? Can he not handle it? Just by saying a few words, right? That's all he did. He said a couple words that day. Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And that was it. What do we need from him today? Do you believe he can do it? He did it with him. He's done it so many other ways. That's why this is in here. We can see the truth. And then are you sharing your testimony? If you're not, you're being disobedient to God. Don't tell me you're close to God. You're a good Christian. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not telling people about Jesus Christ, you're not. You're none of those things. You're disobeying God. That's just what the Bible says. I'll be a pastor for a minute. That's what the Bible says. And when I don't share, I'm being disobedient with God. Okay? We need to share it. If one man could change the 10 city region so that way, five, six months later, they want to find Jesus. They want to be where he's at now. then what can you do in your home? Maybe we won't see thousands. But who's the one? Because it could be the one that you share Jesus with ends up publishing it everywhere. Right? You never know. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.